You're listening to DraftKings Network. Football's back, and Whole Foods Market is everything you need for a delicious tailgater watch party. Level up your game day hosting with marinated chicken wings, chicken sausages, hot dogs, and more. Headed to a friend's house? On the way, grab crowd-pleasing snacks from Whole Foods Market, like late-July tortilla chips and Primal Kitchen queso dip. And don't forget the beer. Very important. Just check out that local selection. Elevate game day with Whole Foods Market. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. Do they go to the strip club? Does the coach approve of the strip club? Did they hire the right coach? And why do they have Paul Fenton? The questions of the Florida Panthers of the year 2022-23. The team that went from the comeback cats to the literally polar opposite. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan. And as always, I'm joined by someone who I still have a page upon page list of compliments for. Let's introduce the person who makes Mike Stevens feel like it's okay to have fun with hockey coverage, the person who is the second most famous thing from Canton, parentheses Trillium, and you like Our Lady Peace, you're pretty cool, uh, and who Donnie Clark says you're down to earth with high morals and values. I mean, who really knows anyone on here? Oh, and you have bad hair now, allegedly, LMAO face emoji. That was with love. Sarah Sivian. Sarah, how are you today? The moral and value haver has logged on. Hello. Yeah, yes. That is me. Um, they, they just have to say these compliments to me so I don't jump off a cliff. I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I am good. And we, of course, have the incredible moving, multi-home living, doesn't know where her stuff is, paint in her hair, but still, look at that adorable smile. Always makes me happy. The Athletics' Shayna Goldman. Shayna, say hi. 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 Well, we are uh, back um, looks like some of you picked up on our little Easter egg about all-star coverage. Just stay tuned. It's a coming. We've been giving you some hints. Um, more basically to basically be- Taylor Swift with your Easter eggs. What? You're basically Taylor Swift with your Easter eggs. Isn't that her thing? <laughs> I, I mean, yes. we, said we are going to be in Miami, Florida for the all-star game. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a, that's our version of dropping hints, I think. <laughs> So yes, we're going to be in Florida. Shayna is taking a well-earned staycation. Um, But Sarah and I will be there. I'll be there for part of it. Sarah's going to be, as she should be, front and center for everything. Stay tuned for updates, schedules, coverage, all the things that you need in your life from us. Um, Yay! Woo! I'm sure any of our Florida-based fans, friends is a better word for it, can come. There'll be opportunities to hang out. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Maybe we'll FaceTime Shayna and we'll bring her in that way. Just, just to have her there. Perfect. You'll All find right. me in like a couch in like a cocoon somewhere and I'll just break out to be like, hey, I'm alive. And then I'll... <laughs> and then you'll log in. back off. Log off. Um, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be the Taylor Swift after... Uh, before she came back out of hiding when she was all pissed at everyone. Pre-reputation Taylor Swift. Pre-reputation. Okay. Pre-reputation. Okay. All right. I know what this is. We're good. I'm getting okay, so good. educated on here. <laughs> I can write a Taylor Swift by the end of the season. A, a, t- a Taylor Swift book, my God, by the end of the season at the rate I'm going. I'm just studying. I'm absorbing her like a sponge. Well, we're so proud. 
We're so proud. Um, the people are loving this content. Let's now go to things we're supposed to be talking about, which is hockey. Uh, it is time, as always. Sarah, what time is it? For our Bit O News. Bit O News, yes, indeed. All right, it was announced today. We are recording on Wednesday. The we know you were hungry for this fact, people. It's all anyone wanted to know. Who are the coaches for the four divisions for the All-Star Game? The accolades, I'm sure all of these four individuals will be putting this on their bios in perpetuity. We have from the Atlantic, Jim Montgomery. From the Metro, Rod Brindamore. From the Central, Pete DeBoer. And from the Pacific, Bruce Cassidy. Am I the only one that finds it funny that we have Bruce Cassidy and Jim Montgomery? I don't know. But Shayna, your takes. No, it is funny because they're the two that like, I don't know if you're being coach of the year after like switching places, like does it show the roster was legitimately that good already? I don't know. But it's, it's interesting. Like it's three coaches, three new coaches, and they're three from three good teams. Like we're really getting wild here. Number one team in each division. Their coach goes to the All-Star game. Like, sure, why not? Um, and Rod Brindamore, obviously, the Canes are crushing it. He makes sense. And, you know, maybe he's a little bit more willing than other coaches to do this. Who's to say? Not me. But, sure, these are the coaches. He doesn't love this, but Rod Brindamore doesn't know I'm going to the All-Star game yet, so I'm sure that changes his entire opinion on the event. I heard that he shouted me out on the Ray and Dregs podcast a few days ago, so he's going to come on our podcast. I'll, I'll make hey. sure he knows that, and we will have a good time. I miss him, but yeah, I mean... As we we're talking about last episode with torts and everything, it's funny when coaches kind of display their disdain for it. To, I mean, what's he going to do in Miami? There better be some good gyms there. But I don't know. It's still a nice event, and I'm sure he actually like appreciates the honor. But it is last time he made it, and I asked him about it. He was just like, "Well, yeah, we have the most points. I have nothing to do with that." He's very humble. <laughs> but if if you told me two years ago that this year um, Bruce Cassidy would be the coach of the All-Star game, but it wouldn't be for the Bruins. I'd be like, how bad are the Bruins? What's going on? Where did he go? Right. But right. the Bruins are literally comically good and their coach is there too. So it's funny how life comes at you. Amazing. Amazing. I, I have to yes. think the players in the Metro, like if you have to choose any coach from the Metro, they'll have to be like, I feel like Lane Lambert or Rod Brindamore would be the two they're the most excited about because like a lot of people played for Lane Lambert and he was the like player's assistant, yada, yada, yada. Like, but Rod Brindamore is someone I feel like some players would be like, cool, I get to hang out with him for a couple of days and maybe like get some tips on how to work out. <laughs> plus, get showing up on the beach. Plus the vibes are best, I think, with Rod, just in terms of for what the event is actually all about and what's actually happening there. Like Rod's in on the joke, right? And he's going to support the energy. All right. Well, that's our bit O news. Um, we're bringing back one of our newest segments. I don't even know if we have a sound effect for this yet, but my friends, sadly, we have another entrant into the, we're glad we're not you. And this episode's entrant undistinguishably is the Florida Panthers, who in majestic form on Tuesday, built up a three goal lead only to have the totally broken and shorthanded in terms of what they usually are roster of the Colorado Avalanche storm all the way back, three goals in the third period. They 
might have tied it at yet for an offsides call that negated a goal, which was a really pretty goal, unfortunately. Um, but the Florida Panthers, granted, you just claimed a defender off waivers. Maybe you think that will help you. I don't know. But Shayna, what are we going to do about the Florida Panthers? You know, I find it interesting that the coach of the home team was not invited. Can someone explain to me why no one wants Paul Maurice coaching the All-Star game? I need to know. Um, no, that game was that game was wild, and I thought it would be an interesting one. And I think there was an interview with Kachuk after, too, that was even like, we need to come out really strong in our third. We blew a lead the other day. Like, we just need to keep up. And then look what happened. Oof. I'm surprised it was still the third period that Colorado started to come back. Um, and they're a very good team. I don't think you can count them out, even with their injuries. I really thought they were going to win that one, and Florida's super lucky they didn't. And it's players like Sam Bennett helping them and Sam Reinhart, but it's just, it's something else's team right now. There's so much going on, like, with the Panthers always. Like, you just need, like, a second of calm, and it just feels like there's conflicting ideas going on. There's, it's like, throughout, you know what I mean? Like, even last year, we look at, like, the style of play versus what they did, the offseason they had versus what they did, and there's too many shifts going on. And it's just their bad decisions are biting them now. And I really want to see if they can get their way out of this. But I, it just seems like they're sliding too far out that they're not going to be able to, like, make it work. Sarah, what are we going to do with the Florida Panthers? You just wrote about them as well in a recent article that went up today. If you want to tell the people where they can find out what that's about and then your take on the Panthers. Yeah, um, I'd love to tell you where it is. It's hard to navigate the Bleacher Report app. We're working on it. But, yeah, click on my link tree for it. It. Yeah, it's kind of bad. There's, it's just falling from the president's trophy first round exit now, like following up with an uninspiring thing. It's like one thing to win the president's trophy, have a deep run and kind of find your groove as the season goes on. But it's another thing to follow up a disappointment in the playoffs with this. It's like not inspiring much confidence in such a stacked and tight division race for the playoffs as we're heating up there. But I will say... It's kind of the name of the game this season, right? To just blow leads. Hasn't that been happening historically this season more than ever? So it's kind of wacky. Everyone's trying to figure out why, but you got to be able to be resilient. And that's not something they've really shown us. Oh, it's just like, it just goes back to the same things with Bill Zito, in my opinion. You kind of handcuffed yourself to a few contracts and a coach, and it's not working out. Sorry. Hey, sorry. (laughs) To that point, I mean, if you look at two, I mean, if you look at the next three years drafts of the nine picks that they should have in the first three rounds over the next three years, they have four and none of those are first round picks. I respect the balls of actually going in. And I, you know what? I will. We all criticize Don Sweeney here. It's like a pastime in Boston, but we're tough on everyone. He, I, He's been criticized for giving up first-round picks, but I have loved all the moves that he's made. He's gone for it, and I, his teams have made the playoffs almost every year except well, that one year. But That's the thing. There's results there. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's, that's yeah. the exactly. point, right? So, and are they better off not drafting because they haven't done a great job with that yeah. anyway? That <laughs> Fair. It's like, if Fair. You know, like, play to your but strength. Like, yeah, with the Panthers, it's like, if they could, there's creative ways to get out of it, and I don't know if they have it in them, but like, Something I forgot about until someone mentioned this to me last night. Did you guys remember that Paul Fenton is in Florida in the front office? Because that's one that slipped my mind. And if you willingly bring that in, we've seen his bang up jobs before. Like, it's not entirely surprising. And I respect that they went all in, but 
the way they went all in was wrong. Did he and bring his son with him? And then it just keeps biting him. <laughs> I got to find that out. We got to look that up and find out. These are the questions of our times. These are the questions of did our times. Did they go time. to the strip club? Does the coach <laughs> approve of the strip club? Did they hire the right coach? And why do they have Paul Fenton? The questions of the Florida Panthers of the year 2022-23. The team that went from the comeback cats to the literally polar opposite. I don't... I, Allison, do you have something witty for us? Because I sure as shit don't. <laughs> I think you've taken all the wit. That there was. The I guess me, me and wit. <laughs> like, and it's just... I mean, I don't... I don't know. I, like... We were there, and when the team and the team, you know, has been so good last season, and they're still. And I, I let me be very clear: I'm not shitting on them or their fan base at all. It is very hard to draw fans to that location in that market, even when you're playing really well. But it's like they and they're still like I want them to be able to do well to solidify. Like it's unfortunate you feel for the organization when they're still having a hard time drawing a ton, ton, ton of fans. They're doing better than they have in the past. But like, it's just like, come on, guys, like get out of your own way. Like stop overthinking these things. Like sometimes maybe just be hockey men and let things like ride a little bit. I don't know. It just kind of shows how systemic things can be from like the top down in small markets, right? Like they have to operate a little bit differently. And I'm not all like insider and in on the Florida Panthers, but sometimes with the Canes, there were just things that they had to do or had to put up with and it gets in their own way sometimes. But the Canes ended up figuring it out with not all the money in the world. So I'm not really sure the Panthers' financial situation, but obviously gate revenue isn't fantastic and they want to keep drawing people. But And what fixes everything is winning. Be good, yeah. And again, now they're hurting that, right? Like that's... That's and it's self-inflicted too. Right. right, like they had something there. They they legitimately did. They were they, there's, you can't just write off last season as a fluke. They built to that. They had something. Right, but I mean the Sherrod trade. I mean, let's talk about it. Come on, that's just it. They torpedoed it because they're like, this is what we think we need instead of what we are. Right, it's like they yes. couldn't accept who they were, and I feel like maybe they're more. I I'm speaking out of my ass. I really don't know. Like, so don't quote me on this, but like. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, there are some minds in the front office that wanted to lean into the style they had versus other minds in the front office thinking we need to be slower and this is a traditional playoff route. And those minds, if they, you know, clearly got their way, they completely fucked their team that way. Oh, that happens so much. Teams can hire these great people and then they're the first, they are highly publicized, like, on Twitter and stuff that, oh, they hired this great mind. And then those are the first people to get called out when the team does something. It's like, you think they actually have all this power? It's like, a lot of the times they hire people that are great with good intentions, but there's only, like, it's only to add another voice to, like, confirming someone's ego or okay, well, thanks for your input. We're going to do what we were going to do anyway. So, yeah, Florida Panthers, we're sorry. Um, we're glad we're not you. But maybe, maybe when we're down there, well, we're I'm sorry. trying to be nice. We're sorry. We're sorry. Um, all right, let's get on to some more hockey news. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's go to a team that also is uh, suffering a fate of not being able to protect leads. Um, and our previous entrant on We're Glad We're Not You Um, And that is the Vancouver Canucks. Now, the Panthers were able to pull out the win uh, last night that we talked about. But the Canucks went up 3-0 on the Pittsburgh Penguins at home and blew it, losing to the Penguins. 
after the game, uh, the quote was, the Canucks management are well aware, <laughs> this is amazing, of Canucks Twitter. And I'm reading this from <laughs> at Buck Faustin. Is that real? <laughs> yes. Uh, the Canucks management are well aware of Canucks Twitter. They are aware of these so-called negative media, media, although we haven't had much to talk about. Bottom line, everybody in the league is well aware. Rest in fucking peace, Jason Botchford. He would have had a field day in the athletics with that. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? First of all, first of all, let me nerd out on this a little bit. In all seriousness... If you look at the analytics revolution in hockey, it started with two fan bases that were really frustrated with their teams and had some of the smartest people that did a lot of the foundational work. And that is the Edmonton Oilers and the Vancouver Canucks. And I will say that the Vancouver is one of the markets where the term blogger is really a disservice because there is some really smart work that has come out of that entity in Vancouver over the years and some really smart people who now work for teams and do a good job. And of course, every fan base has crazy people. I had a, a person point out to me last night in case I didn't know that the Kraken are a young franchise. So franchise records are silly. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you. So thank you. Thank you, Herb. Thank you, Herb. And of course, thank you for having a Bible verse in your bio. So thank you for living oh your truth. Oh, my God. Um, That's my kind of person. Verse. I know, right? But um, the, the Canucks fan base, even though they, I'm sure it can be hard. First of all, management, like, why are you obsessed and sinking yourself into Canucks Twitter? Like, you should be doing what you're doing. They but, care so much about what people say about them. You're the fucking Vancouver Canucks. And Shut up and move people, on. Like, it makes people say even more things. And it's just pe perpetuates this cycle of madness there. I mean, it's just an amazing quote, Sarah. You were reacting as I was reading it. Did you have more thoughts on that? I'm just like... It, I literally thought it was fake and even I didn't believe you and I checked three times to make sure. And then, yeah, it was a quote um, from the radio. I'm just like, oh, my God, we're aware of Canucks Twitter as if it's like DEFCON 5, <laughs> which it kind of is. But it's not the Taliban. What? It's just yeah. the fan base. <laughs> what is the point of saying they're not even saying we're aware we refute any. There wasn't like some incident or statement that happened. It's just Canucks Twitter being like the team sucks and then being like we're aware that you guys think we suck. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being so negative. We're aware you're negative. Why are why are, are the, the media negative media on you? The negative How dare media. you? Do you have something for everyone to be positive about? Oh, Bo Horvat having a great season. Oh wait, you're gonna have to trade him because you fucked up so bad with your salary cap. Mm, okay, let's move on. What's next? Quinn Hughes. Ah, yes, having a shitty season because of whatever the the horrible blue line you've assembled. Okay, on to the next bit of positivity. Kona, do you have any thoughts? <laughs> Anything positive? <laughs> nope. Oh, She's got my nothing. God. Oh, my God. So, yes, uh, Canucks Twitter, go off, young son, because that's that's some impressive work right there. Manager's um, watching you. <laughs> keep your eye out. Keep your keep yourself on the defense here. Um, OK, let's move to something else, because you guys. What about the Leafs? We should have a segment just call it What About the Leafs and just randomly make it everything. Our whole what podcast about the is What About the Leafs. <laughs> I, know. I know. Shout out to friend of the pod, Sean Ferris, who messaged me the other day and just said he gets a huge kick about how we always manage to do it one way or the other. Today, we're doing it very, very blatantly because, y'all, this is a gift. 
in the making that we need to have happen thanks to the brilliant Micah Blake McCurdy of HockeyViz.com, to which you should subscribe and patron in every way possible. Um, he shared through his brilliant work today that the Leafs' odds of facing Tampa in the first round are now 3-1. to one. 75% chance that Tampa Bay and Toronto face off in round one of this year's playoffs. Shayna, discuss. Inject it into our veins. We need it. We need this. Last series was so good. Everything about it. And now that we have the good night Tampa, it just beautiful. So the thing with it is though, is like if the Florida Panthers didn't suck so much, this would be a little bit more of a race. And people are obviously upset that the playoffs are decided so early. And I understand that because you want drama and excitement. I still don't think a play-in is the answer. I think the answer is like maybe pushing more in division games. Like the entire last month of the season be like 90% in division to like, and 10% just be in conference. And maybe that's the way to do it. So it's a little bit more important, but like the Leafs now have all this time to prepare for this matchup, and I need to know. Um, I need to know what they're gonna do to make this year different because they gotta get past round one. And if it's the Lightning, you know, everyone expects them to go to the uh, the Stanley Cup final. So that's the bar, Toronto. Good luck. I don't expect them to make it to the final this year. I think this is actually the year the Leafs get to round two, and maybe even round oh. three. Let's not get wow. crazy. But and I you never heard say it here that. first. Listen, I wow. am not here to lie to Leafs fans. I will always be honest to you, my best friends. And, and Mitch Marner scoring the goal, the clinching goal. Yes. that's what I need but to happen. I want it to be Mitch Marner. But I do genuinely believe, like the tides are turning from okay, like. Tampa's trending down and the Leafs are trending up and it's like finally the axes are crossed. I don't know. I'm not a mathematician like you guys. But it's like, <laughs> is it, the point is happening where they can compete and have the confidence to win. And it's not the Bruins. It's like mentally they don't have to deal with that. The axes have crossed. We're there. We're there, folks. No, I, we need this. We, and you know what? Okay, here's a question. If they make it into round two, should they then change the goal song? Yes. No, I'm no. with you. Yes, not if necessarily. If they make it Drake. to round two, don't change anything. No, don't change you have anything. Like... You're gonna j- if they go to round two, they're gonna put Drake on. Then they're losing, and now it's gonna be like, oh, the Maple Leafs never got a pit. Like, just don't make it harder on yourselves, Toronto. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult, but just like, don't, just enough. Just don't. Then it's another excuse to hang their hat on. Like, we don't need that. Or if they finally get to the second round, it's like you can do anything like you're uncursable. That's the best part about lifting a curse. That's right. That's right. It's like the, um, the, the, what's, what was the spell from Harry Potter? The magic the one specific. No, no. The one that was like, well, I'll, I'll remember it later. Cause I, it's going to take too long. Okay. Um, another fun narrative that's going on in the league right now is, uh, Lafreniere in New York with the Rangers. Uh, he was scratched. Um, but, uh, Shane is going to walk us through because she pays more attention than I do because it's so hard to follow a 10-game slate because it's insane. Um, but is back playing well. And the quote from Gerard Gallant uh, recently, this is reported by Molly Walker, quote, I'm not concerned about the kid. A lot of people are, but I'm not. I think he's going to be a good player, like I said in Montreal last week. I don't know how many times I've said it. He doesn't get the same opportunity that some kids get as a first overall pick. The quote continues, in fairness to Gallant, 
You can blame that on me or you can blame that on Quinny, but we've got star players ahead of him. We're trying to win games every night. That's what our job is. So Shayna, those were the quotes from the head coach who it last I checked does in fact control deployment of players in games. Walk us through the situation, the nuance that I missed in explaining this and your thoughts on the whole sitch. So Lafreniere was a healthy scratch a couple weeks ago. Everybody was super dramatic about it because, you know, at the end of the day, he's not getting the opportunity that he should. And that's like the funny part of it all, because as much as you can look at Lavernier and compare him to first overall picks, and that's like not a one size fits all position. It's just a coincidence you happen to all be drafted there. Like players are different. Each draft class is different. And it's super important to remember. But the fact of the matter is he's not getting the ice time and opportunity that other players did. And even those that got, you know, third line minutes, say, at even strength in their first season, they got power play opportunity. And what that does is boost your confidence. And it does help, you know, get the ball rolling and helps you get to your ceiling faster. And that's what the whole idea is to maximize player. The Rangers, what hurts for them is that they have two left wingers on the depth chart ahead and Chris Kreider and Artemi Panarin. But like, there are other solutions and that's shifting him to the right wing, which they tried for bits and pieces last year and this year, but if you don't let him play there and let him have that opportunity to really focus on his game on the right and adjust to it, which when he started to play well, they moved him away from it and then slapped him back. Like he needs some consistency and that I think it's either committing to him playing on the right or giving him minutes or giving him power play ice time to boost his confidence, to get him going. You know, the same thing happened with Kako too. It's a very similar situation. You need to put these players in a position to succeed. And if your goal is winning games every night, which it should be, your goal is should be strengthening your roster. And by getting him to where he needs to be, you have a much deeper team. I think it's very basic. So when he says he's not getting the ice time of first overall pick, well, the call's coming from inside the house. Yes, it was on David <laughs> Quinn too, but it's on you and you could change it and you still don't. And you wonder why are the results not what they should be? Like, it's pretty obvious. Sarah, your thoughts? Yeah. I've been thinking about Lafreniere a lot. I think you can say his deployment has slow down like what should be kind of an explosive career but at the same time it's kind of the chicken and the egg to me like this guy was so hyped up and I think that might have got to him a little bit and I think maybe we just were so used to like the Austin Matthews's and the Connor McDavid's that were spoiled right and then we're like okay every guy's gonna be this guy and he came from the queue right that's just kind of it's always a crapshoot with that league in my opinion and I feel like he would have, if he was really a generational talent, like we thought, then he would have played himself up the lineup no matter what. And any coach would have, like, it wouldn't be a question of whether he is or isn't up there. So it's kind of a chicken and egg thing for me. It's going to be interesting to see, like, how this affects the Leafs. No, I'm just kidding. How this affects, like, number one <laughs> draft When he picks. traded to the Leafs. Yeah. To there it is. There it is. Yeah. There it is. I'm there it just is. looking out for like the next few years. Maybe it'll be good as like a cautionary tale between him and Cole Caulfield to kind of like, okay, high draft picks are great, but maybe let's not think everybody's going to be Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yeah, it's got a high res 120 hertz display. Plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Go ahead, break it down real Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine. 
a new kind of Chromebook. This episode is brought to you by Chevrolet. Now's your chance to support a team with real grit. The Chevy ZR2 family of off-road trucks. The first ever Silverado HD ZR2 joins the all-new Colorado ZR2 and the Silverado ZR2 for a commanding lineup of off-road ready trucks. Equipped to take on anything this season throws their way. Visit Chevy.com to learn more. Football's back, and Whole Foods Market is everything you need for a delicious tailgater watch party. Level up your game day hosting with marinated chicken wings, chicken sausages, hot dogs, and more. Headed to a friend's house? On the way, grab crowd-pleasing snacks from Whole Foods Market, like late July tortilla chips and Primal Kitchen queso dip. And don't forget the beer. Very important. Just check out that local selection. Elevate game day with Whole Foods Market. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. All right. Well, we're here for the drama. Let's go into a little bit actual more hard analysis. This was a question that Shana posed to us uh, in our chat a little bit ago. We wanted to share some of our thoughts uh, with all of you wonderful friends. And um, Shana, walk us through what the original question was, what the idea was that you were trying to bat around between West Coast versus East Coast travel. Yeah, so like we hear it for when East Coast teams go to the West Coast, usually it's the Western Canada trip and then you have the California trip. One of them usually gets Vegas sprinkled in, you might get Colorado in there, but like they're the dreaded West Coast trips because of, you know, the competitiveness of the teams. It used to be the California teams. Now you have Western Canada being a little bit more competitive or it's the time travel and things like that. You would think that applies both ways. So I was curious because I don't think we hear it enough, you know, the dreaded East Coast swing. And again, this could be my East Coast bias, but like I watch a lot of West Coast, you know, Western teams broadcast and I feel like it's not posed the same way. So, you know, I asked Allison because here she is on legitimately on an East Coast swing. One of them, you know, you could have the New York's and Pennsylvania teams. You can have the Canadian and Boston swing. Is it the dreaded East Coast swing? Because you're still going, I don't think this counts for central teams. I think it counts for those that are two to three hours away, and that's the time difference jump you're making in either direction, like, is it viewed the same way? I already told you guys what I think, so I'll go last. Sarah, what do you think about the East Coast swing versus the West Coast swing? Is there is there a, a thing, a, a thing to it? I think, like, having bet, like, just like you, having been on a team plane and kind of witnessing them, I think it's kind of hyped up by the media a lot, and it's like a talking point to talk about, right? Like, these are just guys going to work, men at work. Um, okay, my ADHD is getting a hint today. <laughs> what did they? Anyway, I think that it's not that big of a deal, honestly. Like, either way, it, it does take adjusting with the time zones and things like that, and it's hard to get to sleep. But it's like that on every flight when you're going after a game, right? And it's like you get right. to Tampa even from Raleigh at 2 in the morning, and you're like okay, I have to go to bed and you're up all night. It's just kind of like how it goes in the league. I think I'd like to see some data on this. I mean, obviously, like, teams do better when they're at home and rested generally, but these are professionals playing their game. And I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, so it's funny, because I was starting to think about the point you just made, though, Sarah, why I think the East Coast swing might not be, quote unquote, as challenging as the West Coast swing. And that is because, so my original theory was it is the time difference. It's just having to shift your entire body clock three hours. And the Kraken, we were on a road trip in December where we went Washington, the Floridas, 
and then Carolina. And that one was hard. That was just hard on the body, um, says the person who literally did not step on ice one time. But, you know, <laughs> it is. And but I think and it's it's hard now to sound like I have some like good critique because the Kraken are playing so well right now on winning every game, which is impressive and they deserve kudos for all they're doing. I think the East Coast swing, it, it's about the competition level of the teams you're facing. But above and beyond that, it might be easier for West Coast teams going east because so, for example, we flew after Buffalo game. Again, as Sarah said, this is normal. It's not like I'm sharing some big secret. We flew after the Buffalo game to Boston. We get in very late, but because our bodies are West Coast, even though it is late in the time zone we're in, like it's a little easier for us to adjust to that, right? Like even though it was a very early hour, you know, it still in a way felt like West Coast time. So the, the adjustment is a little easier because it's still earlier. Um, and to your point, Sarah, too, I'd love to, to know, no team's going to tell us, but we know that a lot of teams, in fact, started by the Canucks a long time ago, you, they're now talking to sleep doctors. They're looking at things like this of when, it, like some teams don't travel after a game. Some teams travel the next day during the off day or some teams, you know, go two days early if they're going west or east or whatever it is. So um, I think now it really needs to be about who the competition is you're facing and what's the schedule. Like this Kraken schedule is really, really hard because we've got seven games and whatever it is, like 13 days or something insane. And we had, you know, every other day, a back-to-back, and now every other day. But I think it might actually be easier for West Coast teams to go East Coast just on the biometrics. But heaven forbid I tell the hockey men to lose their narrative. Also, like, it doesn't matter. It, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it does. Like, there are more teams in this time zone, in the Eastern time zone, um, yeah. versus, like, there's four or five teams that play in Pacific time, Vancouver, Seattle, three, Vegas, California, California, three Californias, six, and Arizona's six. not anymore. Not, they they're were mountain. now. They're, it's two hours, right. right? Right. I think so. But I mean, again, like, but I think you're right. I think the concentration of teams is so. If we do believe that it's easier to go east than it is to go west, there's more teams experiencing having to go west than experiencing having to go east. So maybe that's why it's a louder storyline i don't know maybe there's a way to measure this and because the games are just way later i think it's just as simple as that like a 10 30 yeah. puck drop is a lot to stomach the few teams that go on the half hour are the ones to end the night it's i hate it's really something ones. i hate it really makes ones. like writers will agree with me and like any any reporters or anybody working in the league will totally agree that the 30 minutes for some reason just makes all the difference totally totally <laughs> The Montreal start was 7.30 for the Kraken game, and I was like, this is brutal. Like, just it just affects so much. Listen to me whining about my first world problems. One time, um, we were on a road trip, and it was going everywhere. It was like the time of my life. We were in Vegas and Nashville. It was the mom's trip, too. And Justin Williams just looked at me after, like, the Nashville interview and goes, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, I, won't anybody think about me and my hangovers? Thank you, Justin Williams, finally. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, look that. We've cracked the code. We solved the problem. We know what the answer is. Good for us, just as we are usual to do. All right, my friends, we end every episode with our favorite game. And this one literally fell right into our laps. Um, it is time for Fuck, Mary Kill. 
And for anyone who was paying attention, not just to the Rangers game, but to hockey Twitter, not Canucks Twitter, because they're bad, but hockey Twitter, last night, uh, there was a brilliant star sighting at the Garden at the Rangers game. And it was Henrik Lundqvist, which may I say in a suit, which of course, impeccable, flanked to his left by Ryan Reynolds, who we love, and to his right by the actor Alexander Skarsgård, who I personally love from his work in Big Little Lies, most importantly. So of these three beautiful men who were clearly having fun with it and enjoying it and embracing it, which always makes it even more fun, Shayna, you get to go first. Fuck, Mary kill, Alexander Skarsgård, Henrik Lundqvist, Ryan Reynolds. Okay, by process of elimination, because I know him the least, I will kill Alexander Skarsgård. I have only seen him in like one or two things. Um, I will, I will marry Lundqvist because one, he's going shocking. to like- Shocking. Shocking, I know, but no, I have good reasons. First of all, he's very European. Brand. <laughs> he's very, he's So European. is Alexander Skarsgård. But I don't know him. I can't <laughs> say I'm gonna marry a man I don't know. Um, like, I know Lundqvist personally here, but, um, you know, you have the European vibe. We love that. Second of all, he's retired now. So it's not like, you know, like Ryan Reynolds is going to be off filming movies and you're going to be all by yourself all the time. And like Lundqvist is going to be here trying to watch games and, you know, do analysis for his new job. So you can like pick his brain constantly. And I think that would be so fun to have someone to like watch a game with that was a goalie and be like, what do you think of this? And all those stupid questions that we come up with constantly. It's like, here, I'm physically asking you. And then there's the whole like rest of Lundqvist. I mean, imagine his closet be like, hey, can you can you do that for me too? Take me to all your designer brands. Get me. So that are you closet. actually actually talking about like actually marrying him? Isn't that or are you I, doing this in the hockey context? I'm just asking. I I, th I don't know what context, so I'm just okay, go ahead. coming up with all the reasons. And go then ahead, I will great. fuck Ryan Reynolds because one, it'd be cool to be with someone who's owning an NHL team if he were to do that. But, you know, he's like a famous actor and he's very busy. <laughs> so I don't know if that would be, I feel like I'd be alone. <laughs> he's very busy because Henrik Lundqvist is not busy. Yes, but he's re it's a, there's a difference. He's retired from okay. from playing, so he's not gone all the time. Okay. You just see him, and you're like, hey, what's up, Ryan? And then, like, when he's back from filming things, you're like, Ryan, what's up again? Sarah, I don't go. know how to handle this question. Sarah, your turn. I know, this is a tough one. It's open to reader or watcher or listener interpretation. I am going to kill Ryan Reynolds because I think he's, like, mm. the male gaze of what men think women want. <laughs> I don't have anything against him. He's a very objectively attractive man. I also just don't want to mess with Blake Lively. She seems like she's somebody that is very Sorry. nice, but could go Karen. And I could not, I don't, cannot compete with her, do not care to. So we're killing him. Sorry. I'm going to fuck the Alex guy. I don't know a thing about him. Maybe that's for the best. I like that he started all this. You just got to go for it sometimes. I'm going to marry Hank. Um, he is pro advanced analytics. He said it on TNT a few weeks ago. He... Nobody on earth has ever said a bad word about him. Like he, every single story you even hear, like, you know, like people talk that, especially in New York where it's like, there's actual famous people around. He hangs out with all of them and is like one of them. And everybody that has dealt with him at like clubs or bars or whatever is like, this is a truly a gentleman. He tips so well. All I hear about is how well he tips. So you know what? I'm all for that. And you look at him, you're like, of course he does. He's like the nicest 
man. He's obviously gorgeous, but I'm talking about my life partner and he could help me with the style rankings. <laughs> this might be our best fuck, Mary kill ever. I love it so much. Um, all it's right. The most so traditional one yet. I know. I know. It is, but like, see, I'm torn now because while I guess we do have to do it in the traditional sense, like I'm actually not thinking about it that way. Like there's this like weird detached way I'm thinking about it. Like, like, I don't know. That doesn't make sense. Maybe it does. But here we are. Okay, so I, the Blake Lively thing, Sarah, damn it, I forgot <laughs> because now that's thrown me because I do like her and I would not want to cross her. Um, and she seems really cool. Um, but going against the grain, I am actually going to marry Ryan Reynolds um, because I think he's hilarious. Um, and I like someone like that. I think he's very thoughtful. I think I find it very interesting what he shares about how he approaches life and things like that. And um, do you guys watch that David Letterman series on Netflix? The My next guest needs no. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Well, so he just did one. Ryan Reynolds did. It's actually really good. Um, I enjoyed it. So I, I just I feel like maybe it's because I feel like I know him the most of the three. And I think he's funny and interesting. I will marry him. I will fuck Alexander Skarsgård because... I think he's like, he see, he strikes me as like a partier, but a fun guy. And he strikes me as hilarious. Um, and again, I'm not going to go into it, but if you watch Big Little Lies, I think that would be my pick for him. Um, and then I can't believe I'm saying this. But I <laughs> Allison hates Henrik Lundqvist. Let's well, say, go. here we go. Here we go. No, I love Henrik Lundqvist, but it's process of elimination. I can't, it's not, it's not my fault. It's it's their fault for sitting together and making this. Our also, contest. you don't want to break up that like he has like this perfect little Swedish family. Like who I wants know. to break that up? That that's is the true. Other, there, is there, true. there we go. They're Here, children, that's your saving they're... grace. Well, but I am screwing over Blake Lively, and they have what? Oh, four children? Have and they're like a million. And children. Bunch of children. Oh wait. Oh, here's my other reason maybe for Ryan Reynolds. He and Blake Lively, which again now I'm crossing the streams. They're like besties with Taylor Swift. Oh, oh yeah. Back yep. together. But hold on. If a, you take Ryan away from Blake. Now Taylor has to hate Ryan. No. It's because yeah. this is all philosophic. It's not real. No, she's real, friends real. with Blake first. I, no, this is how I Now you're Taylor's I enemy. This. It's not Maybe actual. you get an album about you. I set my parameters for this from the start. That it's not actual, actual. It's like a weird detached actual. Okay? You're getting a Taylor Swift album about you, about Ryan Reynolds, the cheater. A fun fact about Taylor Swift for the day is that the song Gorgeous, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's baby is in the beginning saying, Gorgeous. Yep. yep. Very true. Very true. You could and be that they baby. Think that she's outed, <laughs> they think that she's outed their next baby's name um, in You're On Your Own Kid. Yes. Well, that kid's on so, its own so now. Your children after with Allison Ryan Reynolds will get to be in songs, maybe, if, as long as <laughs> Taylor doesn't hate Ryan. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. We need to end on that note. <laughs> All right, my friends, uh, we thank you all so much for joining us. Um, as always, please follow us on social at two underscore much underscore man on Twitter. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Give us your fuck, Mary kill nominations and just tell us that you like hanging out with us and listening to our show. Uh, we're also on YouTube. You can check us there. Please do buy our merch. Remember, all proceeds do not stick with us. We send them back out into the world to try and do a little bit of good. You can get a switch case. Oh my God, remind me, I have to send you guys something. You can get a switch case. You can get sweatshirts. You can get glassware. It's amazing. You want it all. Live it, love it, learn it. Um, and until we talk again, please do something to make sure that hockey is in fact truly for everyone and be a little nicer to someone that you interact with today. Love you. Bye.